Yo, 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 welcome back to my next episode, episode number six, and I'm your host, Mr. B. First of all, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to listen to my podcast. I really do appreciate it, and I hope that uh, you can learn something from my podcast. This episode uh, is my first episode that I did an interview with one of my best friends. His name is Hong. Actually, he's like a brother to me. Not by blood though, but it's all good. I'm interviewing him about passive income that he has been doing for years, a lot longer than me. He also started his online business, which is uh, became very successful, and how he enjoyed the life of being his own boss. He also talked about other investments that will increase passive income like having uh, rental properties and the differences between assets and liabilities that most people might not know including myself as well all right let's get to it all right welcome to my podcast i'm mr b um i invite a guest here so one of my friends so Wanna, you want to introduce yourself? Hello, B. Uh, thanks for welcoming, welcoming me to your show. Uh, I'm happy to be here. My name is Hong, and uh, I do have a lot of interest in finance, but I'm not a financial advisor. Okay, so uh, what what's your background and what, what's your degree? What's your major? Uh, I did have my four-year degree. I graduated with a bachelor's in university studies from UTA, University of Arlington, uh, in 2014- but uh, the, the, basically, university studies is the equivalent of having two associate's degrees. So it's basically nothing. Uh, I didn't really use my degree for anything. Uh, I cu- right now, I currently uh, have an online business just selling Pokemon cards. Oh, damn. So, so it's doing pretty good right now? It's doing really good right now. I've been doing it for two years. Uh, just get the Pokemon product at wholesale from a distributor. Damn. So, um, so how do you like being your, uh, your own boss, man? I think... Uh, it has, you know, a certain advantages. You know, it has the freedom of being your own boss, but also you do have certain stress that you don't get when if you have a stable job. Uh, that's <laughs> what I can tell you. It's not for everyone. Oh yeah, damn! <laughs> I thought it's gonna be for everyone, man. <laughs> if everyone's doing what I'm doing, the economy will suck. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested in a passive income. So uh, can you explain to me a little bit more about what is the passive income? Well, mainly passive income is income where you're not uh, involved in most times. Like you're not really working to get that kind of money. Uh, the the number one passive income is dividend income. You know that could be from stocks, mainly or ETFs. Uh, ETFs is uh, basically a group of stocks that they put together that follows S P five hundred. Right. And then uh, let's say you invest a certain amount of money, and the company will pay out about four percent interest. So you put a hundred thousand, you know, four yeah. percent of a hundred thousand is what, like uh, forty, uh, four thousand dollars, right? Damn. So then you divide it by twelve, and that's how much you get paid per month on those dividends. Damn, that's pretty good. So, shoot. so what about trading? Is that also considered as a passive income? Trading stocks. Trading stocks is not considered passive income because it's not, uh, that's something that you actively have to, you do. So when you're saying trading stocks, you're thinking about 
day trading, something oh, like that, okay. right? And that's that's not considered passive income. Oh, no. okay. All right, just want to get that one clear. <laughs> well, another form of other passive income could be considered rental income. Oh, rental. So if like, you have, yeah, if you have rental property okay. and you collect rent from people, and that could be considered passive income because you're a lot of your work that you did to put in rental came on the front end. So after that, you don't have to do much to get that money for the cash flow. I see. That rental property sounds sounds kind of nice though. So how can you start? I mean, you know, how how can you start a rental property? I mean, all right. What's well, the other ways that you can? There do? are a lot of ways to start rental property. Um, I mean, the other day, me and you talked about your situation, and you were talking about uh, trying to pay your house off. Yeah. Early, and I told you I didn't think that was a great idea, and you were asking me why. Yeah. And I was like, because in your situation, I would go ahead and refinance your house, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you told me you owe about like 190 on yeah, your house, right? Yeah, about 190 on the house. And then I asked you, uh, what would your bank appraise your house for? And you said about maybe 380, right? Right. So if you did the math on that, 380 minus 190, and they gave you a loan for 380,000, of course, I can give you that, it could probably give you like 360, something. let's just say right. that. Right. And then left over from the equity, you get about 100 and let's say 160,000 okay. from when you refinance, right? Mm-hmm. So 160,000, you could probably find a property, like a condo or something, for a hundred and I don't know, let's say hundred thirty, right? So you have right. at least thirty thousand left over for uh-huh. uh, any renovation, kind of, yeah, renovation, or, or even just making your payments. And then you, and then you also asked me what would your payments look like after you refinance, uh-huh. and it could be just a little bit more, or, or right, right, the same because you can probably get lower interest if you refinance as well. Uh-huh. So there's uh-huh. a lot of people that don't know about that. Oh damn, I, I, I don't even know, man. Damn, where have I been? Shit. <laughs> 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 I mean, this is stuff that uh, you know a lot of people do not know about. This it's only the the rich and wealthy are the only ones that know about this stuff. Damn. Yeah. They need to, you know, teaching in school now. Yeah, and, and I know, never, right? Never going to do that. I guess they they don't teach stuff because like that. they don't want the problem is the United States works because everyone works. Right. I mean, uh, the reason why we're such a rich nation is because of our labor. Yeah. I mean, that that's where all our money is coming from. It's labor. Mm, right, so yeah. if everyone knew about this stuff and they taught it in school, no one would be working. Oh. Everyone would be just being like me and just fucking uh, just have a business where they're just selling stuff. Oh man, that'd be cool though. Shoot, <laughs> and, well, and then the economy would go down. I mean, but, and then I have nobody to, to sell my stuff to because no uh, one's working. Oh yeah, I, I guess there there won't be any uh, Starbucks at all then, huh? That's true. Why would no one be working at Starbucks, man? <laughs> just sell coffee online. Yeah, you gotta make your own coffee at home. Dude. <laughs> So you, you did mention about a rent hack. Is that um, a new term that I never heard of? It is it what yes, was that? There, uh, there's uh, certain ways that people can do rent hacks. So one way, let's say you live. Most people they live in an apartment, right? right. So, uh, but let's say you rent, you're living in an apartment and you have two rooms, but mm-hmm. you live by yourself. Yeah, you can rent out the second room to a roommate, right? And let's say the rent is nine hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and you tell the roommate, hey, I. The rent is nine hundred bucks, right. <laughs> but your roommate don't need to know. Oh yeah, so your roommate oh, pays nine hundred bucks, and you're living there for free. <laughs> oh shit! You know I mean, what do they know? Damn, that's smart. Yeah, or if you have a house. Yeah. Now, let's say a lot of people they have houses, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have a rental property, but they have other rooms in their house. Let's say they have two rooms in a the house. Then you right. find two roommates, right? Let's say your mortgage is uh, for simple two thousand, right? right? You can charge each one of those roommates a thousand dollars a month. Damn. And then you got your mortgage paid for. That's a rent hat. You're oh, living cool. rent free. So it's kind of like a Airbnb that they that they do right now, right? That yeah, you can rent it's kind of like Airbnb, except you actually have people living with you. But 
you could also use your own house as an Airbnb yeah. if, if you don't if you're not in your house a lot of times you live with your parents or something like that right oh okay yeah you can do that and make, oh. make some good good money doing that damn that, that's a really good idea did, did we talk about the home equity right oh yeah we, we did right yeah we, we kind of went on about that about your about the 380 uh, okay. that your bank and then the equity that you get out okay okay is what you would use for your second house so so okay since uh you have the rental property. Is it gonna be a risk involved? And how how risky is that? Well, every, everything you do has some risk. But let's say uh, you do have your rental property, right? Yeah. And uh, your mortgage payment is about what seventeen hundred right now. Yeah. So when you refinance, let's say the worst case is it goes up to two thousand a month, right, mm-hmm. for thirty more years, and you charge about let's say two thousand for mm-hmm. your for your rent on your second property, right? Mm-hmm. So what risk is involved, really, if you got the person that you're renting out your house to is paying for your mortgage? Oh. So now you have an extra. So you're paying what seventeen hundred a month for your mortgage, right? right before you did any of this, right? right? Now you have an extra seventeen hundred that you could use to invest in something else. Oh or, yeah. Or use it for vacation, man. Oh, damn. Yeah, see, there's a lot of things that people don't know about. Oh, shit. I don't even know, and, man. And let's say you're just a total <laughs> moron, right? And, and it doesn't work out, right? The, the property that you use your equity has already paid off. You can sell that property, right? Yeah. And just put it put it back into your into your refinance mortgage. You're back to where you started anyways. Oh, yeah. So there's really no risk involved. But So what, what happened if, okay, you, you put a, your property out there for rent or a lease under the contract and let's say you can find you can't find anybody to rent you know within the year what what do you do i mean how can you do that like well be there's always somebody always looking to rent you know what i mean there's right. a reason why when you go to apply for apartments right there's a waiting list oh they don't have enough uh apartments for people that are wanting to rent mm. so the, the other alternative is to go look for people that have houses for rent right because mm-hmm. how much they're charging for rent now for apartments is very close to how much you would charge for your rental property. Right. You know I mean, so it's like a mortgage payment. It too. is like a mortgage payment, but but some of these people that you know go to live uh, rent apartments, right? Or they don't really want to live in apartments, right? But they also can't get approved for a house. So their oh. the other alternative is to rent a house you know, oh. from you. So it'd be easier to get instead of waiting on a waiting list at an apartment yeah. or if they decide to buy a purchase a house but their credit might not be qualified for then that's true and and b uh i've talked to other people that have rental properties they have no issues finding tenants oh damn there's always okay. people looking but the thing is when you do because a lot of people who do have rental properties their their mistake that they make at the beginning is they don't vet out the uh, tenant well enough like take your time right make sure the tenants are what you're looking for because you mm. don't because you don't want them to destroy your house right right so that's mean have to be under the contract right like for a lease well, and stuff. definitely get security deposit and also be careful with uh with families that have kids oh yeah yeah you gotta see how old how old their kids are right. the younger the kids they're gonna they probably gonna ruin your house mm. yeah <laughs> so. definitely because i you know i got one daughter but man she writes everything on the wall yeah, see, see what i mean <laughs> And make sure you get a security deposit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So, okay, let's say, um, what about another one I want to ask? You know, like when you're buying a new car, let's, let's say you have a cash in hand that you want to buy a new car. And would you buy it in cash or would you finance it? And, you know, why? Well, that's a great question, B. So, let's say you are trying to purchase a, let's say a car, right? Right. And it's a depreciating asset. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I would never recommend you paying that in cash if you have it. So, for example, let's say you're buying a Tesla, right? It's yeah. fifty grand. Right. And the interest you get on it is like four percent, right? Mm-hmm. But you're like, I can pay it in cash right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But instead of doing that, just go ahead and take the loan for four percent and take that fifty grand mm-hmm. and put it into a uh, ETF stock mm-hmm. that's paying out seven percent every year. So the extra three percent difference from the four percent on your loan and three percent is what what you actually make from that money. Oh shit! Yeah. So, but if you're paying fifty thousand cash, then mm-hmm. you know, and then now you have a depreciating asset in a vehicle, and then you don't even have fifty thousand cash anymore to even offset the the interest. Ah, you know? I see. That's a good thought. Yeah, shit. always, <laughs> I, I, always leverage your money. Okay, and that's what that's what I always tell people. You know, uh, before you buy something, just think: can you pay this in cash? And if the answer is yes, leverage it, <laughs> oh, <laughs> finance okay. it. Finance. You know? Yeah, then use that cash. On investments, you know, make money, to make more money that, yeah. from that cash. Let your money work for you, man. Don't work for your money. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, that, that that's good to know, man. Yeah, I guess most American people that uh, they've been doing this for so long, like I guess old fashioned, yeah. like, like me, I guess the old fashioned way is they always say, "Oh, debt is bad," but that's not always the case. There's uh, things as good debt. Right. A good debt is is what helps you make money. If debt makes you money, then it's good debt. That's not bad debt. Everyone thinks that all debt is bad, and that's not true. So what's a bad debt? Like, bad debt is... Is that like you're overusing your credit card and you can't credit card. Yeah, you're it, overusing your credit cards, and if you're not able to pay it off, and you're just making the minimum payments every month, uh-huh. that is bad debt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that means you're getting charged interest on that, and mm. you're going to be going to fall uh, behind on that. Okay. And also, bad debt could also be that you bought a car... Mm-hmm. That you weren't. If you weren't, uh, here's here's the rule. If you you're looking to buy something, remember the number one rule: can you buy it in cash? Mm-hmm. Right. And if the answer is no, don't buy it. So let's say in your example, Tesla, fifty grand, right? Mm-hmm. But in your example, you had fifty thousand in cash. Right. That means you could have bought that car in cash, uh-huh. right? So that means yes. That means you go ahead and finance it. Okay. But let's say you don't have the fifty thousand in cash. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, let me go buy this Tesla. You're like. Do I have cash for it? Could I have bought it in cash? If it's no, you don't finance it. You don't mm, buy it. So, so people that want to buy like a, let's say exotic cars are worth hundred fifty thousand dollars, but they don't have cash in it, but they go ahead and bought it. That'd be considered a bad debt. You know what I mean? Because that thing... Because they can't afford it. Yeah, you're going to finance that with a high interest rate Uh and it's a depreciating asset. Mm. So you're losing money both ways. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. That sucks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I actually learned something today, man. That's good. Man. I, hopefully, uh, you know your audience li- likes what I'm spilling. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just like uh, no BS, no nothing, just straight up front, forward. Yeah. And then I guess this this kind of stuff they don't teach you in school either. Huh? They don't. You learn from that experience and all that stuff. You have to have either a parent or some kind of mentor that will tell you this kind of stuff. So, so how do you learn all this stuff, man? Well, I hate to say it, man, but I gotta thank COVID. You know, oh. It wasn't for the pandemic. <laughs> I don't think I would ever change my life around. Oh, <laughs> I was stuck in the rut, man. Just just working and not being innovative and don't know anything. Mm. But when COVID happened and the shutdown happened, I decided uh-huh. you know, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to learn this finance stuff. And I oh. did, man. I learned it from YouTube, man. YouTube has, has all the information you need on there, man. You don't, you don't need college, man. I mean, don't. Really? So what, what what's the degrees are for anyways? I mean I mean no offense, but I know it's good that you get to go to school and stuff, but and good for 
especially for Asian family to hang your bachelor degree <laughs> or a doctor degree on the wall, stuff like that, and show other people, hey, my son got a doctor degree. Man, you're totally right, B. My bachelor's degree is hanging at my parents' house. Oh, right? You know why? Because they wanted it more, oh, so I'm like, okay. you guys can have it. You know, I don't want it. I don't even want to look at it. Damn. I'm still traumatized from, oh, from yeah? school, man. Like, I have nightmares. Damn. Oh, why you have nightmares, man? I, I feel mean. like... I feel like uh, it was something that school definitely wasn't for me, and I felt like I had to suffer through it. Like it was not a great experience in my college. So, so I mean, I mean, why didn't you just go ahead, just drop out and do whatever? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm from my old traditional Vietnamese family, man. Like dropping out is not a option, you know. Oh, really? And they were paying for my school, so I had no choice. Mm. You know, like I had so much pressure just to graduate, man. Damn. And, and like I barely past to graduate like you have yeah. no idea man and now you, your degree just hanging your just parents hang, hang my parents and they never used it well, once I didn't have any work experience man if I could give some advice get work experience so like like what work while going to school or what or like yeah you get like some sort of job while you're going to school so you have some kind of experience you know I didn't when I went to school, like my parents basically covered me financially. I didn't even have work for like seven years. Well, that's heaven, man. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it, won't, it doesn't help you set up for life, though, man. Because life hit me really hard, man. Oh, like, damn, yeah. Like, I mean, I also, like, when I was 24, I opened a business. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, well, you know something about that, you know, with, um, with two of my closest friends during the time. And, yeah, you were going to open, uh, and you did open a, a boba place, Oh, uh, right? yeah, boba tea shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh... I mean, getting it ready was like the most stressful thing in my life, and I mean, definitely was not prepared, and I had terrible advice from mm. from one of my closest friends. Yeah, I heard, I heard you dumped a lot of money on it. It was like almost over what two hundred uh, grand. Uh, I mean, I think it ended up being like around one hundred fifty. One hundred fifty, and it was like, oh man, it was like the biggest life lesson. Damn. Man, like, don't go into business with friends, man. So, <laughs> I know, or right? family. <laughs> if you're gonna do business, do it yourself, man. Because oh, okay. then you, you have nothing to blame but yourself. So, okay, let, let's go back to uh, to the property management. You know, you know, like, let's say you have a own property to rent it out. Would you hire somebody to take care of your that property, or would you do it yourself? I don't know. Well, that's a good question, B. So. Let's say you only have like one property, right? Yeah. I, I, w- I would recommend just doing it yourself. You know, there's mm-hmm. no point for you to uh, have, you know, a, like a, re- a realtor take care of it, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say you have, I don't know, three or four mm-hmm. properties, right? And yeah. you can't be at all of it because maybe because you're working or something like that. Yeah. Then I would recommend getting a third party to help uh, oversee those four properties. Mm, okay. So... You know what's the cost gonna be for those uh, like management people? Uh, There's certainly a cost, definitely, and you probably won't make as much if, if let's say you did it yourself, mm-hmm. right? But you know they say if you, if you gotta get help on something, you know, there's a price to pay, right? And it really, I think it really uh, varies with who you use. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the more that they cost, the better they are. You know, you, right. you get what you pay for. Yeah, you get what you pay for. Yeah, or you could. <laughs> Or you could do this, what some of my friends do. Like, they have, like, a very super reliable friend. God. (laughs) A lot of us don't have that. (laughs) And they make them the manager. And that person, they pay them, like, a certain set amount to oversee all the properties, right? And they they trust their friend. Mm. And that that could work. Mm, I mean, that could be another option where you don't have to pay as much to, like, a third-party company. Mm. All right. 
Damn, that's pretty good info right there. Well, I guess pretty much we cover almost everything, huh? Yeah, if there is anything else that we haven't covered, you know, I can always come back on your show. Yeah, then for the next episode. Well, <laughs> all right, I guess uh, that's it for now. And thank you very much, Hong, for uh, let me interview you about all this stuff. Yeah, I love being on the show, man. Since you're the expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm an yeah. expert, right, guys? Yeah. I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you've been th- you've been through before. I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, sure. So, you know, you kind of get the idea and then know all the tricks and stuff. All, know all I, the I have, if you, the more you know about money, then you, the money will work for you, man. That's just how I believe. And I'm able to, I'm basically living like pseudo financially free because of right. what I know now. You know, I, I literally wake up every day and do no alarm clock. So Damn, this must be nice, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need at least three alarm clocks. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have to snooze like three or four alarm clocks when I went to my uh, former jobs, man. But man, those days are way past me. Now. I know, right? Yeah, I remember that uh, I hit the snooze until it stopped snoozing. And I went, I went to work late. Damn. I was like, damn. <laughs> damn, man. I do not miss those days. I mean, I'd, rather, I'd rather go through the stress I, I'm going through now than that kind of stress. Mm, okay. All right. I guess that's it for now, for real, this time. <laughs> and uh, until next time. Bye-bye. I'm, I'm Mr. B. And I'm Hog. Talk to you guys later. Well, what do you think? I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. I know that I have learned a lot from just interviewing my buddy Hong. If you guys have the opportunity to get into a passive income, I highly recommend it because it will help you in the long run. And if you have children, get them into investing at the early age. As a matter of fact, my daughter already has passive income and she's only 4 years old. It's something for you to think about for the children you know for your children's future once she turns 21 that's another 17 years of investing and reinvesting well you do the math she'll be a millionaire once she turns 21